This is Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Dentistry, Ethics, Philosophy. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's Beardy and Baldy on the Incisive Decisive Breakfast Show. And here's your host, Beardy Sean Sellers. You'd have to forgive Colin, it's been a very long few weeks. I'm hypermanic. Yeah, this is our last time recording at your um, Loughborough Road Clinic. It's, it's, amazing, it's it? um, yes, it's, um, is it emotional? There's lots of lasts at the minute. Yeah, so, so yeah, this yeah. is this is recorded on the whatever day it is. Is it the twenty fourth? Uh, yeah, it's the twenty fourth yeah, yeah. of, of January is the recording date for this. And um, so we're moving on Wednesday. And so what? What is a what? Uh, and even now, as I start to talk about it, I could get emotional and upset. Oh God! Honestly, so let's not do that. Okay. Um, but um, this is a. a, a the end of a 12-year project and we're into the last, like, five days. Wow. So that's a bit nuts. More importantly, it's a week to Brexit day, roughly. Yes. So that's an interesting one, too, because 12 years, and it has been 12 years in the concept of this, um, and that my first year of teaching my new practice is fucking Brexit day. How the <laughs> shit does that work out? <laughs> so you're not sure if anyone's going to turn up. It's terrible. Uh, the I'm roads sure might be going close. to be allowed. <laughs> You haven't got anyone coming from abroad, so. no. But I've got people coming who were originally from abroad. Oh wow! I, yeah, so so, and I'm originally from abroad because all of a sudden, you know, I'm not going to be welcome because Scotland's going to be independent and yada 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 yada. <laughs> they're going to be in Europe. So, got so, but that that is a great shout actually because that ties in with what we decided we might yeah. talk about here, which yeah, yeah. we thought we'd call recession ethics. Yeah, yeah. and and. So we're not going to get political about this. It no. doesn't. Our views are irrelevant, and anyone we actually who, don't have any views. As the, I am. I am politically neutral. Definitely. I'm apolitical. I'm politically idiotic. I. You're a political eunuch. <laughs> <laughs> but but in the last in the last few years, the one topic has dominated like the whole of the world. The world, yeah. and the economy as well. And the question that we were have just been talking about is, are we in a hidden recession? Yeah. Um, if you look all around us, I have a I have a, a WhatsApp group with a couple of friends of mine, and for the last two or three years, we've been doing updates of businesses that have been going bankrupt. Yeah. Bankrupt dates. The latest one, um, handmade burger company that had a, a branch in Lincoln and one in Dis. So where essentially where I've lived for the last few years, they're just going bust. You look at um, Toys R Us. You look at um, what else has gone bust recently? Some pretty big companies of Mother Care, I think, has gone bust. Yeah, you've got all the, for example, the supermarket. Eh, not supermarkets. That is an example because that market's entirely changed yeah, yeah. to a lower level market because Aldi and Little. But you've also got um, Marks and Spencers was great. Yeah, yeah. Debenhams a great example. So in Scarborough, that all that Scarborough, I've got friends who are originally from Scarborough. They go back there a lot, and I'm quite quite close with them. And and they they, they say if you don't get out of Scarborough before you're eighteen, you don't get out of Scarborough. Yeah, that's right? like Skegness. And and they and they said um, all that Scarborough has had was Debenhams and Marks and Spencers. Yeah. So all that was left, and they both either closed or announced the closures. So that's very interesting because in the credit crunch of like, well, 10 years ago, when it, whenever it was, yes. in Skegness, the M&S left. Uh-huh. But actually, M&S Food Hall uh-huh. has opened in yeah. Skegness yeah. in the last year, yeah. which is the only real profitable bit uh-huh. of yeah. M&S. And you can see that's 
that's well, the, the way it is. The most profitable square footage MS has is in West Bridge, just in the from here. It's because really, you eat all the sandwiches. But, um, and, and you can say that's a change in market and a change in the way people are shopping. And that, and I do get that, mm. right? And people are going online deliveries and don't, people don't go to supermarkets and stack their trolleys. But you're talking about big institutions in the United Kingdom who are yeah. indestructible, closing down. And and it's not just that. You know, I, I had did a study club here about 10 days ago and um, and someone came to me and said, oh, this person sold a practice. And I'm going, you are kidding me. No way, right? So this individual that sold a practice had what I felt was a really successful quite small private boutique style practice, which is quite progressive in Nottingham, yada, 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 and they've sold it. And, and I'm, I'm saying to this individual who worked there, why they sold it? And they said, oh, it's been dying for a year. It's dying. What happens is, is, that, the, is that the hyenas pick off from the fringes, don't they? Yes, and it's interesting how in the last, in the last few years, we've seen a, a massive consolidation of practices into the corporate structure. Yeah, um, we we got an email um, ooh, a few weeks ago now that I've we have actually replied to. I think um, from Seren yes. about um, yes, she was saying um, I'm just I'm just about to qualify from dental school. No, we did a good reply for that. Okay, that was well, good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I'm just about to qualify from dental school. This is about to happen. There's going to be massive upheaval. What's going to happen? Well, who knows? But mm-hmm. let's look at the past. Massive consolidation of certainly NHS practices into um, two main corporates, really. Yeah. And actually the bottom's fallen out of that market a little bit and now yeah. they're trying to offload a lot off, of off their... Offloading them. Yeah, exactly. Offload some of their um, practices for a pittance or just closing them down completely. Yeah. So provision of services for that isn't there, but they're also trying to build their private sector up at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got smaller corporates coming through, mm-hmm. Portman Group, for mm-hmm. example, uh, yeah. coming through. And then there's, there's these kind of really small corporates, the five, the six, course, yeah. 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 Um, but for me, there's still value in the independent practice. Yeah. I hope, because I've just moved to one. Well, I, I, I've staked my entire life on it. Yeah. So I, I have to believe that resisting the whole corporatization of the world is is a good thing. I love to look at these models and these analogies and things that go on. So Mark Suspensers is down the road from us, and we do use it. Not massively, but we do use it. It's a good little shop, and Marcus Spencer stuff's pretty good. Um, but a, a little bit further out of town, not not so far from the new practice, is a, is a family butcher's uh, farm shop called Harker's. And Harker's has been there now for 90 years, right? And Harker's is absolutely flying, right? I mean, it is unbelievable. So where we did the course meal last night, today's a year one implant course day. That's why Sean's here, so he's speaking on that and you do the ethics at the start of all our courses. And um, the restaurant we went to last night, which is not that fancy, it's a lovely little pub up the road from where I live and, and all the meat's Harker's. And so all the good places here are doing Harker's meat, right? Because you go to Harker's, it's not organic, Harker's. It is, oh, where's that Where's that? That sausage from? They go, John's place over there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they do. And that is exactly what they do. And so, you know, the honey I have on my breakfast is from over there, right? And so people are now, a section of society want, and they'll deliver. And I mean, the place is, it's going like a blooming circus, right? So that's, I think, true throughout the whole of the commercial sector, really. This, and I hate to use this word because it gets lumped together with Beardy hipster twats, right? But- <laughs> he says with his beard, his waistcoat on. <laughs> Irritatingly self-aware. Um, um, but the I art- forgot how good recording podcasts were. <laughs> but the artisan, the artisan sector, 
Artisan bakeries are, yeah. are painfully trendy. But at the end of the day, that's what your independent dental practice can provide. Yes. The idea that you're not just getting the same old churned out treadmill <laughs> dentistry. You're not just patient number seven on the books. So we so we have so much to talk. It's this we have to do this every week. <laughs> not every not every however long. So the past year has been Relative was quite tough, right? Yeah, yeah. for me, in, in terms of, and I'm not looking for sympathy. I, I was absolutely happy to accept all this, but I'll put my file in. It's directed me in other places, and it's been quite difficult. And I forgot that what I do as a standard is every time I come into the practice, I go to every room and see who's there and look them in the face and say hello, right? And I kind of forgot that. Mm. And the last mm. few weeks, I've been doing it again, and it's such a joy. And so, you don't get that when you work no. in other places, right? No. And so that, you can say that doesn't matter and it doesn't mean anything. It certainly matters to me. It makes me feel much better and feel alive and, and I love it, but it makes my team better. We're all better. And so we get what we get is an environment that's better. And so every time I walk through the waiting room, we've got the model of the new practice in the waiting room. If I see somebody that I know, or even if I don't, but if I see somebody and I go, ah, hi, how you doing? And I shake the hand and say, how are you? Is everything all right? Have you seen a new place? You come in to see us. So we're running some launch nights at the new place, right? And we've got a patient launch night at the new place on the 1st of April. And two months away, it's full. <laughs> it's full already, right? Who the fuck goes to the launch of a dental practice? Who, honestly, today, when when there are so many box sets on Netflix, and yeah. so much yeah, in the yeah. cinema and so many places to go, who comes to that? That's the difference. So here's a story. I moved practice again for the second time That's in a year. Suspicious. Absolutely crazy. What an absolute idiot. But um, so 2019, not the greatest of years for me uh, as well. Yeah. Um, hence the reduced podcast output. Yeah, I think that's probably had, a bit of an interesting <laughs> time. We're back on it. Yeah. Um, Listeners. But so I, I walked into to this practice the first day, and I hope they're going to listen to this. There's five or six dentists there, and I can't even tell you how many nurses there are, four or five hygienists. And it's just, oh, this is how dentistry is done. I'd almost forgotten how yeah. how this is. This is a well-run practice. You can go to anyone to talk about any treatment. You can do. They've got referral pathways here. If you need this, they've got this. You can have that equipment. You can do. And it's it's like, yeah, just just get on and do the dentistry you want to do, because everything else falls into place. Because yeah. everything behind the scenes is well organised. So if you sit with a patient in the waiting room and say, "This is how we do dentistry here, mm. and this is how we do it here." If you sit with that one patient and explain it, the chances are they'll go, oh, I really like that. Yeah. And then ultimately they might tell somebody else. And then you sit with another patient. And then if you just repeat that for 20 years, <laughs> right, you'll have a business. Nice. Right. If you want to do it by a week on Thursday, yeah. it won't work. Now you can try and bypass that by using social media, right, to, to ramp up your marketing, or you can do this or you can do that. And you can use all of those things, and, and God knows we've, we've done lots of different stuff. But at the end of it, if, you, if you've chosen to go, if you've chosen to build a business that you try to ratchet turnover as quick as you can and sell it, that's one thing. But if you're actually trying to build Harkers, right, it took 90 years for Harkers to get mm. where it is now, okay? And so then, congratulations, you're on a 90-year pathway. And the... The other thing you've got to think about is, yes, you're in business, uh -huh. but what is our business? Yeah. Our business is looking after people. Yes, it is. And it's very easy in the big corporate structure of dentistry, as it is nowadays, to forget that actually our job is, yes, it's to make money for the business, 
But our primary job is to sort people yes, out. Yes, it's not. To, our job is not to make money. Our job is to do dentistry. Absolutely. And when we do that properly and well and carefully, the money comes as it a comes after. So money. Back to that thing about. I can't remember who told me this, but but money being like oxygen, right? So it is essential for life, but it is not the meaning of no. life, right? So when you when you when it becomes the meaning of your business, people smell that. They know it is. Mm. So the only people you can attract are people that come for less, right? So you have to get your prices down low. So they go, that place is all about money, but they're cheap. And that's okay if yeah. that's your model, yep, right? Absolutely. If that's your Save business your model and your implants are 895 quid each and you're the cheapest in the marketplace and the patients know it's cheap, that's okay. But I don't think that they're the type of people that everybody wants to treat. Exactly. You attract a certain type of patient, guys, don't right? you? Yeah. Because everything is about the money, mm. right? But it is possible to create a business that's that tries to be exceptional, like Harker's. So I promise you, you'll get your sausages cheaper at Asda. You see almost everybody that goes into Harker's, they don't look at the price of the sausages. They look at the flavour of the sausages and the guy who's serving it. And while they're in there, they buy some honey and they buy someone else and they buy some of this crazy dressing that you only get in Harker's because they don't sell it in the supermarket because they don't sell supermarket stuff. So as dentists, we're not really selling the treatment. No, not really. We're we're selling... Oh, the experience. We're, we're, it's an emotional it is, purchase. It's absolutely. It's a trust 100%. purchase, right? So what comes underneath that is we would expect the treatment we provide to be of an appropriate standard, yeah. right? And we might decide to measure ourselves at a higher standard to that and also explain that to patients. But in effect, we're selling, we're saying to them, you can trust me to deliver the standard of care that I say I'm going to deliver. So now let's go on to the things that you really exactly. like about being here. Because they've got literally no way of judging that. Apart from, did it hurt? Mm-hmm. Does it look good? Yeah, and was he nice to me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the only the only thing that we can really impress on them is the were they nice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And and do, do I understand what's been going on? Yeah. Were, were the staff pleasant? Was the the surroundings nice? Did they make me feel welcome in we, their building? We have, this is supposed to be recession ethics. We're not yeah, sorry, we've gone. No, no, that's on. good. I don't think anybody will be disappointed. We'll get to that in the end. <laughs> um, well, we'll do the one maybe in the next recording, yeah. but. Um, for one reason or another, in the past few weeks, my consultations have been being observed, right? Oh, yeah. By somebody who knows how to do consultations. And that's a fascinating process mm. because to be observed and to be constructively criticized for your consultations of new patients, and I, I mean, and not necessarily criticized, constructively appraised, yeah. is really fascinating. So we don't like that though, do we? As dentists, we do not like being watched at what we do yeah. and having, you know, why are you so. My world is different from your world. Yeah. Okay. Why are um, why are you etching for that long? Mm-hmm. Why why have you chosen to use that material? Well, yesterday I was in practice. I had our reception manager's daughter in, and the reception manager sat and watched yeah. while I was doing it. And because I'm relatively new at this practice, I've got slightly longer appointments yeah. for when I'm seeing patients for the first time because we can have a chit chat. Mm-hmm. And and critical. And as Steve Hudson says. You should not treat patients that you don't have rapport with. Yep. Which is ab- so. My first appointment with patients, whether it's the first time I'm seeing them for a checkup, whether it's the first time I'm seeing them for treatment, is right. Let's spend five minutes <laughs> just shooting the breeze. Having had the consultations appraised, the suggestion is that we should run a course, right? Okay. Like a, yeah. I, I don't want to call it a masterclass because I don't consider myself to be a master of pretty much anything, but. Um, but to run a to run a course and say, 
What do what has worked and has been effective for us? So for new patient consultations at our practice, I see a lot of those. Mm. Okay. And 70% of those will, will go ahead with treatment, right? And so that's quite high, right? We know that because we measure all of our clinicians, right? Yeah, yeah. So my men are quite high. And the reason it's quite high, I can tell you exactly that, is that the first, I see it, I have an hour. Mm-hmm. And the first 10 minutes is never anything. It's not to teeth, do with is it? Nothing. It is, where is my connection with yeah. you, right? Because I want to connect with you because that makes my life a joy because that's the same as walking around the practice in the morning looking at everybody and chatting to them. It's the same as the conversation that me, you and Carla just had yep. when you got here. Absolutely. It's beautiful, isn't it? We could we could have been got one more podcast recording and it would yeah. be much more effective if you just yes. come in, set up, and we started talking. <laughs> about but that's not how we want to live, right? right. I went to another practice um, this week for one reason or another to do some consultations and um, and they said to me, oh, this we've got this uh, guy coming in. He's really difficult. He's really hard work. So I'm sorry he's coming in. I don't, I, I, you know, we've put him in, but I don't think he's going to have anything done. It wasn't hard work at all. No. Not at all, right? But my style with him was different. Different. So that's it. It is tailor-making the way that you talk to patients to the patients. Okay, so let's tie this up then, go to we're going to the session. So when you work in an independent practice, mm. a bespoke practice, you have the opportunity to do that, right? Much more than when you're on a pre-prescribed treadmill by the corporate, which is about what's at the bottom of the 100%. spreadsheet. Right? And so th- there are enough people by a long way who would rather have their healthcare like that than have it cheaper or quicker or whatever at a corporate. Mm. And I I might be proved to be wrong and I might be, and I might be bankrupt by the summer, <laughs> right? And, and do you know what? If that is the case... I, I've tried my best, but I, this is the hill you're prepared to die on. Do you know what it is? Actually, that is yeah. actually a really good line because I can't do it any other way. No. I don't want to do it any other way, right? And obviously, I'll do whatever is necessary to feed my family and all that stuff. But but we're right. We are correct here. I'm and, sure we are. And you don't need to go on a course about NLP and about how to talk to people. You just need to talk to people. You do. It's, it's humanity. And if you don't get on. It's okay. It's okay. They need to go somewhere else. Exactly. Don't be afraid to uh, say, we are not going to get it this right. That's really because, clever to get Because to turning away that patient that has is waving the red flags is going to save you a lot oh, of hassle in the future. Heartache, yeah. Um, so so we need to talk about um, recession ethics. Yes. This does tie in with this. It's kind of, yeah. I think thing. so. Um, because we think that, um, going back to the start of this, we had a conversation. And I, so I'm... I've been very distracted in my business in the last year because of the projects that we're doing. And and so so my business has suffered, right, as a result mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Not massively, but it definitely has suffered because senior people in our team have been building a new practice and that has consumed us, right? And so, of course, we've left stuff behind and it's been dropped and balls have been dropped. And so we can say that's why our business is not, is not continuing to grow to the extent that it was uh, before. Uh. And that's one one discussion, but I'm pretty certain that there is a recession element to that. Now, I might be telling myself a tale here. I understand that to try and get myself off the hook. <laughs> so I I was I chat to people about it and say every and say how are things doing? Do we think this is good? So the the sort of guys in the business coaching world will be telling you that that, that all their clients are having their best years ever. Why why would they be saying that? No idea if that was their say. job to sell their business coaching. So that's fine, right? But what I find is that the people I talk to are struggling. Practices are closing. People are really struggling, and they're talking about in our study club last week that we that, where I started this this discussion. Um, they're talking about um, um, 
it's difficult not to get drawn in. Mm. That was the yes. discussion, right? Yeah, yeah. So patient. So what some patients want now, and we'll perhaps come on to this in a later recording, is things like Love Island teeth, yeah. which we'll call okay, them for yeah. the sake. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah, yeah. knows what I mean. They say, well, we can't do that. We can't go down that route. And some people are saying, and I, I understand, they're going, but it's hard not to get drawn into that because that's what the public want, right? And so, so my, so not to talk about those in specifics, no. but my question is, how do we inspire ourselves to greatness when nothing else will do? How do we resist that? Because we are all subject to that. So it's difficult. That's the first thing to say. And actually, there's a there's a term for I think what you're trying to say. It's called ethical fading. So ethical fading is when you are so caught up in the moment and you have to make a, an ethical based decision that you don't realise is an ethical decision to be made. Mm-hmm. So you just crack on and do whatever you want to do. So you don't weigh up the pros and cons, yeah. the the issues that your patient might have. All you think of is, okay, where am I going to get the next few thousand pounds? Or, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. Where's, where's pay payday? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that. it's not. I'm not suggesting there are some guys who, who are it's really mucky, but I'm not suggesting. I'm suggesting that you're know, the ethical husband and wife practice owners who have got a lot of staff to pay and and bills for the practice and things like. That. And somebody walks in, for example, and says, right. Uh, I've got twelve grand, no more, right? And and I want really white teeth, right? Uh, and and I need two implants there, and I need and I want them all veneered. And I want it by this date. And you go, and I, I want to look like that, that like yeah. a footballer from Liverpool, yeah, yeah. right, for Mino, right? Yeah, yeah. And you go, well, first of all, in my practice, it would be fourteen, right? Because there's my price structure. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I'm going to suggest you do something more minimal, like a bit of whitening, a bit of composite, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Blah 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 blah. blah. And they go, no, I want this. Please have this. And you're and you're looking at it, going, God, this is a big case. And and then you can start to tell yourself a tale, yes. which might or might not yeah, be yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And you can say, well, if he goes down the road to that guy, it's going to be really so, rotten. So this is it. So the question you're posing there is, do I do this work competently, but compromise my own ethical well-being, shall we say, or do we? do what is classically the the right thing and say, I'm not going to do that. Mm. But you know very well that Joe blogs down the he's road. He's having it done. He's going to get – your chap's going to get it done anyway. Yes. Do you let that patient go? Do you let them go to Joe blogs down the road who's going to massacre his teeth or he's going to go over to Goa or yeah. whatever, um, have it done, and then your patient has, has suffered some form of harm Technically, yeah, you're no better off. That is difficult. That's it's difficult... really tough, and I don't, I don't have an answer for that. No, no, it's tricky. And so my my solution is because that patient I've just described is one of mine here, right? And um, and it's an older individual, and um, uh, this is still ongoing, so it's quite interesting. And so first of all, it was a case of, you know, that's my budget, and also a case of I would like to pay for this over eighteen months okay, in cash, yeah, yeah. cash, cash. Right? Monthly. And I'm going, well, we don't do payment plans. You pay as you go. You yeah. Know? We've always been very strong on that for various reasons. And we've revisited it again and we're still strong on it. And I think we're right for us. I was caught up in this ethical moment of going to bend my payment like protocols mm-hmm. and also what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And and but we have this sort of um our MDT thing here. Yeah. Right? And so my default setting is to go, ah, it goes to MDT. And MDT and you can sit down. So that's just, that's like a pressure valve. Yeah. So I can take it out yeah, of the subject yeah. and go in there. And then I was able to go back to the individual and go, this is what we recommend if you would like your teeth uh-huh. to be whiter, uh-huh. right? I would rather you didn't go anywhere else because I think what will be done there 
will be detrimental yes, to you. And, really, and I'd really like you not to do that. And I really want to get you this. And I want you to trust us because I think we're doing the right thing and looking after you. I'm not giving you a payment scheme. Um, your treatment's going to take 10 months. I'm going to, you can pay a deposit and you can pay a, you can pay monthly mm-hmm. and it'll finish at 10 months yep. because that pays over. So I'm quite happy to do that. That's what I do with everybody else. But, you know, and would you like that? Right. And, and that, so I've saw in my appointment book that I've got a telephone conversation with that patient next week. Right. And um, I don't know if they'll go ahead with treatment or not, but I have to be, I, I now feel like I've squared that off. And I've said, you know, should he now go somewhere else? I've informed him of what I feel the disadvantages of going somewhere else are. Yeah. And he's decided to do that. Okay. And there's nothing that's more fine. I can they, do with that. That's fine. That's okay. It's interesting because there's there's a a, a well-known dentist I know who... Um, it's Andy Legg, isn't it? Yeah, he's a, such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, well-known, well-known dentist I know who treats a lot of, for want of a better word, celebrities. Yeah. Okay. And he will vary his prices depending on who you are. Of course. Because... It's called just-in-time pricing. That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah. So, so if you're a well-known person, and you've got a lot of cash, or proceed to have a lot of cash. Your fees will be significantly higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you're the average person on the street, cheek. then you get the, the standard, standard price. So that's iffy. Oof. Or is it? If your clients that have more pay more, does that allow you to essentially subsidise the lower-paying clients? It's tenuous. It is a tenuous, but it's an argument that you can make to yourself, you and can. you can justify well, it you to yourself. It's one of those stories, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The problem is that you're means testing people on a spot check straight yeah. in front of you, aren't yeah. you. So you're looking at their shoes or their watch or yeah. their whatever, and seeing yeah. you can afford more, yeah. and that's a really difficult. That's a difficult means test, you know. And 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 I think that 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 is that's problematic. Um, I, so it's it's quite a quite a sort of left wing kind of communist, it's a bit, isn't it? Yeah, kind of, kind of. Everyone deserves the care, yeah. which to be fair, everyone does deserve yes, the care. Do. And in, and in a, in a utopian world, everyone's everyone's going to get the, the best care. But actually, why we are a limited result, we can only do a certain amount. And um, for my patients, I will only certainly only do. Anything remotely complex on those that are, it's a two-way street, they've mm-hmm. got to they've got to brush their teeth. Yeah, they've got, got to do this. Yeah. They've got to, yeah, and until they get that right, no, you're not having all the the nice stuff. You've just it's it's definitely a, that communication has to be there. The flip side of that story too is the other way around for the famous patients, which is happening not infrequently. Oh yeah, okay, I can see where this is coming. Where they get it for free? free. Yeah, because yeah. they go on the video and say uh, how good you are because they're an influencer. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so and that's another issue, isn't it? Because they'll because they're being incentivized to say, yeah. So we've done video testimonials here for patients, lots of video testimonials, but never for patients that we've never incentivized them on treatment basis no. to have the treatment for free, right? We've just said, please, would you help us to do that? But of course, that, we're a bit naive because that's not how everybody else does there's, it, or how a lot of people do it. There's a um, dentist who works in uh, a central London address. Shall we say, um, who um, regularly on his uh, Instagram, on <clears throat> regularly on their Instagram feeds, <laughs> <laughs> he, she, it, y, yeah, exactly, X, yeah. um, will have um, photos of them with a, a pre-made speech bowl that said, "I've just had my teeth done by this person," mm-hmm. and they're very specifically targeted a certain market. Yes, yeah. um, and that, and people, that, that, so this is what we're saying. Corporates are now, and you know. You're in a, a corporate marketplace. If you're a patient that goes to, if you even understand, you're going to a corporate dental practice. But if you yeah, go exactly, to a corporate dental yeah, practice, yeah. that's your choice. But so if you, you know, you can shop it. 
within two miles of the butchers that I've just talked about is a Morrison's. You can yeah. go there, right? But the butchers are slain. I don't think patients really understand the idea of corporate dentistry. No, not too much. But that also goes down to so the patients you have in front of you, the one at a time that you're going to see for mm. the next 20 years. You can explain that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can explain that. Yeah. And you can explain that, you know, apart from if you're Sean, that you're going to be here next year. <laughs> right? So, you know, that's a question that I get asked a lot, you know, is how long have you been here? How long have you been doing it? Yeah. And you're just going, well, within within a few miles of this radius, uh, radius of a few miles of here, here, 22 years, you know? So, yeah. so it's, it's and, and there's, there's, that's a product in itself, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. I think the final thing on this is that I wanted to, to think about is, and this is just to do with walking through the centre of Nottingham, is I'm pretty certain we're running out of consumers. And, and the analogy I have for that is that it used to be if you wanted to, Cad, to buy Cadbury's chocolate, you bought a bar of Cadbury's chocolate, or like maybe a Boost, or like maybe something else. <laughs> You walk into them, you've got so many variations yeah. of Cadbury's chocolate yes, now, right? Yes, yeah. That you can buy. And gin's the other example. It was Gordon's oh, Gin or Bombay yeah, Sapphire, wasn't And it? now it's... The gin market, if you were Gordon's, you're dying, mm. right? Mm. Because now there's not enough gin drinkers for the amount of gin that's produced. And there's a saturation point, isn't there? And it's, and it's the, the market's rabid. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing happens with, with our market, right? So there's... So it used to be there's enough patients for everybody, but now because everybody, every practice is now a specialist practice from our angle. That's what it okay. looks like. Yeah. You know, every practice or lots of practices go, we have this guy comes in, this guy comes in, this guy comes in, this guy comes in, and they do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Right. But not so well because mm. they can't because they're doing a little bit of everything. Mm. But to the patients, they go, well, I might as well go over here. But and and so what that does is it stretches everybody. And then the decision making in surgery goes back to the do the how do I not get drawn in? How do I stay strong? And and unfortunately, you know, in, in businesses, when it gets tight and when it starts to get difficult, that's when the leadership's essential. And that's when... More, more so than in the good times. Of course. Yeah. And that's when the systems that your practice has run in have to be as tight as possible because you survive in, these, in the recession times, you'll thrive in the other times. But this is the bit where the, the poor models, the poor structures, yeah. the poor business places, they struggle. Um and, and and I think that, that that's that's the difficulty we find in this situation. And I think more many more people are hurting than are seeing they're hurting. So the business model is going to change, but the the treatments we do will change as well. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Um, so if you look at um, Jason Smithson, who constantly gets name checked on this podcast for no apparent reason. For no um, he, I remember going on one of his courses years ago, saying that he was doing lots of full mouth rehabs. Yeah. Fifteen years ago. And he doesn't do any now at yeah. all, virtually, yeah. because the the market on that is is now well, certainly where he was practicing just disappeared mm-hmm. onto the floor, and he's and that's he's had to alter yeah. the way that he he's approaches dentistry exactly, it? yeah, um, and doing all this, and obviously he lectures for three quarters of the year or whatever. We're running out of like full arch restorations, you know. Yeah. So so this immediate all on four or all that stuff, that demographic's moving through. But also you're forgetting uh, what happens when that fails. Uh-huh. So we'd, we've we've realised that things like that fail and then don't you don't have anywhere to go after that. Mm-hmm. But if you've got an intermediate step, mm-hmm. if you can do less invasive dentistry or more repairable, more, yeah. more um, accessible dentistry, then you leave something to... To, to do when it yeah, goes yeah. wrong. I think that's an, I think that's the way that everybody's planning for failure. Yeah. No, they're not. Well, but they should, they should be. be. They should be. And they should be saying, here's your progression. You know, when your 20 year yeah, old exactly. comes in with needing that, you think, what am I going to be doing to you when you're 30s yeah, and yeah, your 40s yeah. and your 50s? Mm. Yeah. But but the you know it, it's it's when it, when anybody who's running a business or or sees their income 
become affected, the initial reaction is this is really difficult, I have to do something about it. But I think we're all going to have to accept, and we'll see what happens after a week on Friday, they're probably going to get a little bit poorer together, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, that's going to be interesting when I've just opened the Taj Mahal. Although they are... Everything like this is is an opportunity. We keep being told it's an opportunity, but they are, yeah, yeah, opportunities. are opportunities there. And there you are. have to um, have to diversify. the The people that are going to find it hard, I think, are the people who are going to be leaving VT yeah. fairly soon. Yeah. My solution to that is a to have a practice that has a structured VT plus mm-hmm. system where you yeah. go in, you earn a modest income. But you get put on a load of courses, yeah, and you sign a contract for X amount of time, and you do we the courses. We advertised that job for the new practice. So it's it's and and we didn't get that many applicants. I think. No, you don't. No, no, you don't need many applicants. No, no, we don't, because we, you attract the people that can see the benefit in yeah, that. It's structure. Yeah, but but that's got to be the way forward. If I think you, so. It's like an apprenticeship. Well, if you if you get your job as a qualified as someone coming out of VT in this disruptive and volatile marketplace is only to be in the top ten percent. So just be in the top 10%. And if you are, you will survive and thrive. Oh, yeah. And so if we encourage that mentality, all the boats rise up, the bar rises up, but you just get to the top 10%. So you better be the best that you can possibly be because that's what's going to protect you. But you've got to have that kind of structure in place to enable you to to learn the things that you haven't been taught. Yes, you have. So if you've got a forward-thinking practice or a forward-thinking company or a social enterprise because there are different funding models of ways of doing things to do that who are willing to invest time and money into you yeah. in return for your time and long-term outlook yeah then you'd be foolish not to look at that opportunity I think so although the other alternative is just to learn your dentistry from tiktok so that was incisive decisive And that's it for another episode of Incisive Decisive. Since we recorded this particular episode, Brexit has happened, the economy might actually be stalling, and we've just seen the collapse of a medium-sized corporate. I'm not saying we're psychic, but... If you want to get in touch, there are loads of ways in which you can talk to us. Email us on info at incisivedecisive.com. We're on Twitter at IncisivePod, and our Facebook page is facebook.com slash incisivedecisive. If you like the podcast, think about leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us spread the word, as does sharing the links to our episodes. As usual, our music is provided by Gallops. Hear more of their stuff at gallopsgallops.com. Until the next time, that was Incisive Decisive. You know what I um I really like from the last one. Yeah, it was your radio jingle at the start. Oh, did you like that? I thought that was good. Yeah, yeah I, I kept that. that in. That was good. I like that, that was yeah. nice. Yeah. Do you want to do another one? It was the drive time with. Yeah, yeah. Drive time with Colin yeah. Yeah, Campbell. Yeah, yeah. do another one. Let me just think for a minute. Okay. Yeah. Radio Campbell. <laughs> Not Radio Campbell. <laughs> so hang on, we need some nicknames. Oh God, like smashing nicely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> 
Ah, right, okay. Okay, I've got it. So we're ready to go. Um, Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's Beardy and Baldy on the Incisive Decisive Breakfast Show. And here's your host, Beardy Sean Sellers. You have to forgive Colin. It's been a very long...